Mmm, that's good. Welcome to Digital Coffee. All right, guys, I got a new pop filter on here, so it should bring those peas down to a little bit more manageable levels. Anyways, I'm your host, Brett Deister, and let's see what is going on in the tech news. All right, looks like Facebook. Yes, that Facebook. The one's been in the news about, well, Everything not it should be in the news for, like, you know, censoring conservative voices, which may or may not be true. I don't really know because it hasn't censored me yet. And them saying, no, we're not really doing it. I don't know what you're talking about. Rah. Anyways, they have filed a patent to, well, personalized emojis. Yes, they want to put your face as an emoji. And that's a little weird. I guess if you're that narcissistic and you really need to have an emoji, about you. This is something for you to do. What it, what it will happen is that when you type in sounds great, what it will do is it will translate it into your happy face because it will use the facial recognition uh, technology that they have, scan it and be like, oh, there's your happy face and then show it. And then that will pop up instead of the common yellow dude. Yellow guy, yellow human, whatever you guys want to really call it. But yes, instead of that, it will be just you and you alone. And that's not narcissistic at all. Anyways, it's interesting to see what this will actually do and how this will actually work. Uh, it could be interesting. It could. I think it's a little weird. I'm fine with just the regular emojis without my face on it and then me just conveying that because all you need is convey the emotion. You don't need to convey yourself doing the emotion because I think people kind of get it. If they don't, well, they really need to, you know, put their thinking caps on, maybe put an extra thinking cap on because those, maybe your old, maybe your first thinking cap just is getting old and it's, it's all ratty. And anyways, uh, that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to do. So you could eventually you know, be your own emoji on Facebook. A little weird, not gonna lie. All right, my Android users. Android Pay is falling rolling out to the UK. Yes, if you like to travel abroad or you actually live in the UK, because seriously, you could be listening to this from the UK. And if you are, hi, hi neighbors. Well, you're a distant neighbor since I'm on the West Coast. Hi, far away neighbors. And anyways, uh, the Android Pay is finally, finally ready to be rolling out in the United Kingdom. And it will, and it will be, uh, support several banks including Bank of Scotland, First Direct, Halifax, HSBC, Lloyds Bank, MNS Bank, and MBNA and Nationwide Building Society. Those are a lot of banks. Uh, you, this, the payments it will support is for the tube, bus, trains, and anywhere else that it will actually accept the payment. So that could be uh, retail sto stores as well. Uh, McDonald's apparently does it. Uh, I don't uh, I think Subway does it but I'm not quite sure. So some of the American American companies could actually have it already there as well. But this is a great thing because we need more payment systems. Well, at least these two, because I'm kind of like not really sure about the um, Target one and the Walmart one, because it's a little weird that they are actually doing that. But like I said before, it's a good thing. Yay, rolling out for more competition is always good, I always say. Well, until it gets too much, which is can be a little disconcerting. But still, competition is always the hallmark of capitalism, even if you don't like it. And if you don't, I don't know why, because that's what's worked really well. Anyways, uh, Amazon, yes, Amazon is getting Alexa for its Fire TV. Yes, now you can search with your voice. 
voice and not be like, ah, oh, my fingers are too lazy. I don't want to push the button. Alexa, uh, open HBO Go and it will actually open the third party ones as well. And you can also watch well, the ones on Amazon Fire as well, their own uh, shows, which some of them are actually pretty good. And also since they just opened up Amazon TV for people to upload their own content, well, if it's actually good, you can watch those as well. So I think this is great. This is awesome. Voice uh, recognition, voice search is the next wave along with bots. Uh, this is the next wave in tech uh, because we are getting lazier and lazier and we don't even want to use our fingers to push things. I mean, seriously, why do I have to push my fingers? My thumb hurts. Okay, Google, just did a text here. You know, that's how it's really gonna be. Come on, guys, come on. All right, this is an interesting uh, little invention, uh, idea, product. It's called Pilot, and what it does is that it listens to uh, people with different languages and translates to them. However, you have to have the earpiece in one ear to hear what's going on. So think about it as the universal translator for Star Trek, if you want to kind of want to think about that, where they can always talk to aliens in English and they would talk in English back and you're like, how does that work? Uh, but this way, it, it, this is how it's allowing to do it. Basically the earpieces are just Bluetooth earpieces. The thing that's going to actually be translating is all on your phone. Your phone's the one's going to be detecting it and then uh, putting it through the earpiece for you to do it. Now, it's an interesting way of doing it. Now, there are other ways of doing it with Google Translate and Microsoft Translate, which do a great job of translating words. I don't know if they do actually do uh, speaking. So this is one of the few ones that actually does speaking, but you also have uh, Skype also does it within call translation features. So if Skype just built a separate app just to do that while you're traveling, that actually would be would be great. Now, it would be cool if you could actually do it without the earpieces and kind of just be like, talk into the phone and be like, where is the bathroom? In Spanish is, donde esta el baño? That's actually one of the phrases I know in Spanish. Uh, and then that's what it does. That would be actually a better way of doing it except ha having an earpiece to actually, you know, listen to it. Would be great if you're in a crowded place, but uh, it just seems like a really expensive way of doing it too, because because it's not really going to be that cheap. It's gonna be uh, around $250 to $300 uh, for the dual earpiece. Now they're coming in pairs, luckily, uh, but going abroad and <laughs> telling a stranger, here, here, put this in your earpiece on so we can like talk to each other would be a little, little weird. That's why I said if the app also allowed you just, just to use speakerphone to actually do it too, that would be another great way of doing it. I don't think it does. So it is a really expensive way of doing it. I would just, if you're on a budget, I would just stick, well, I would just stick to Google Translate or Microsoft Translate. It is in, in its crowdsourcing campaign. So you can pick it up for a little bit cheaper, about 129 to 179, but still that's really expensive just for earpieces that don't do music at all. Yeah, it's a little expensive, just a little. Right, Tumblr has updated its GIF making tool to allow you to add words. Yay, the ever popular uh, GIF blogging site, I would call it. It used to be called short form blogging, but nobody really writes that much anymore. It's really all about the GIFs on this. Well, what you can do is it's pretty easy is uh, you kind of make it yourself. There's different colors to do it. You can enlarge the text, shorten the text, and all that other 
fun stuff to do with GIFs. And then uh, change the color if you want to, change uh, the font, which is probably a little bit limiting on the font, but it looks like a super easy way of using it. And if you are a firm believer in uh, Tumblr, I have a couple of blog sites that I kind of sort of don't use very well. It's only because I'm doing this, obviously, and this takes up most of my time. But I try to do it as much as I can. But yeah, it's if you're looking to, you know, get a little bit more popular on Tumblr and, you know, do those do those awesome gifts, awesome gifts. Uh, then this, this is, this is it for you. Yeah, that's, that's really, that's really it. It's just, yay, we're adding words to gifts because reading's fun, kind of. I mean, it's really short. All right, now, uh, there has been a little study going on for uh, servers and how popular they are. Well, for the first time ever, Firefox has finally overtaken Microsoft Internet Explorer and Edge. Uh, Edge is the new browser that is going taking over Internet Explorer if you have Windows 10. If you don't, it's still Internet Explorer. Now, like I said, it's the first time. Now, it's not that big of a lead. It's about 15.6% instead of 15.5%. So there's a 0.1% difference. But like I said before, this is the first time it's overtaken Microsoft's browser, uh, which is huge because Microsoft kind of, you know, made the browser, made it popular. Even though it got a little trouble for doing that, it still made it very popular. Now, the number one is Chrome and nobody's beating it because it's got over half of the market share of browsers. I use Chrome. I will be the first one to say it. I'd love it for the most part. Uh, it was great in the beginning when it was really lightweight, fast, but it, it's been bloated uh, for a while now, but still really great because of all the extensions that it has. Uh, it first kind of came out with those. Uh, Firefox soon followed, but they first kind of came out and that's what made it even more popular than uh, Internet Explorer. They eventually followed, but they were a little late. Now, Opera and Safari are in dead last. Uh, they have about 8.4% of the market share, and that's really about all they can get. Uh, for now, there was a mobile one, but Star Counter isn't really as uh, reliable about its facts on the mobile side, but still it says Chrome is the most popular one, which is no really big surprise because guess what is the most popular operating system? mobile operating system, I should say, in the world, Android, because of the uh, phones being on the cheaper side than iOS. So obviously Chrome is going to be put on everything, even though some people might not like it. They are the most popular, hands down. Uh, their dominance will probably remain, <laughs> remain supreme for a while. I don't really foresee anybody taking them down quite yet, but you never really know. People could actually start liking Edge. Edge is still really lim limiting in what you can do. Great, you can draw on it, but there's no extensions on it, which is kind of a ding against it and so it doesn't have as much functionality as Chrome does. Chrome has a lot of things. I have like 15 extensions going on at one time. I'm probably usually like that. All right now if you didn't know Oracle and Google have been well they've been suing each other like crazy. Actually more of Oracle has been suing Google because of Android because Oracle bought Java which was originally from Sun Microsystem. They bought the whole company. They claim because they Java was the most important uh, program programming language and they didn't want to see it go. I think it's actually because of the huge portfolio 
that used Java and they were trying to find a way to monetize it and it didn't really go according to plan. Well, they are in court. They've been in court since 2010. So six years they've been doing this. Oracle has wanted a piece of the pie of Android since Android is largely based on Java. They've wanted it saying it's infringed, it's taken uh, Java, it hasn't really given royalties. Even though Java has been free, it's been taking royalties. And they. I don't think Oracle knew the extent of how big uh, Java was. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to get $9 billion, yes, $9 billion. And they're going back and forth. Uh, and their new strategy is how Google has used the fair use law for it and tried to argue that they actually didn't use it in that type of sense. I think Oracle is an awful company. It may have been great for a while. It's just awful. They just buy things and then even if it's free, go, hey, give us our share and be like, it, it was free. The thing is they're trying to argue about fair use, but they don't understand that before because Android was already made before the deal was set. Uh, it was largely free. Uh, they they have tried to copyright APIs, which is really dumb, uh, only to take a piece of the pie. No software engineer actually really likes Oracle that much. They are more of a detriment to open source than they are help to it. They keep on trying to, they keep on trying to frame themselves as a champion of open source and saying, look at Google's the one that's limiting because once you put Java on it, you can't put it on anyone else. Well, yeah, great. It's a piece of the pie of Java. It's not the whole thing about Java. The, the, your argument is kind of invalid. Yes, it's a big piece of the pie because Android is so popular uh, that, yeah, it's going to be a bigger piece of the pie. But it doesn't mean that's all it is of Java. It's just that you didn't really foresee it becoming that big. You tried to make your own smartphone. It Did, didn't really happen. So you're like, eh, well, what can we do? We can sue. All right, let's sue. And that's how it came about. That's why we're still in court. Because the legal system takes well, a longer time than it does to innovate anything in tech. Uh, you're going to see this probably in court for quite a while because they want their money. Uh, regardless of, they should have known that it was a very open source software and they should have understood this before they bought it out because they did overbid what uh, IBM's bid was $7 billion. So what they're trying to do is we're trying to recruit their cost from 2010 with this. But prior to this, they said, oh, it's great that uh, Android is based on Java. We get more people on Java. And so they were happy for it for a while, but since it's actually inhibit all their business especially with amazon they're not so happy because they had to do a bargain discount oh no ah where 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 oracle seriously you should have understood this when you bought it i don't understand why you didn't understand it and that's the biggest problem here is that you think that you could have just bought it out and then said hey now pony up and a lot of companies were like no we don't want to and then you're like okay we're gonna sue you and then you sue google and you've been going back and forth you've been largely losing a lot of your court cases because it hasn't really been, you know, making sense because it's an open source platform. Stop trying to make money off it. If you really wanted to do something like that, you should have bought another program that was already not open source and done it that way. But now you're trying to change the rules because it works in your favor. That's the funny part about it. That's the weird oddity about it is that, oh, Android's great when we wanted to make Java popular, but now it's infringing on our business. 
to copyright or license this out, even though it was open source before. So now we're upset about it. Boo hoo. You should have known. You should have understood what Java really was instead of, oh, now we have to have two teams. One's for Android and one's for the uh, Java and one's for the other one. Because once you code for the Android Java, you can't code it for anything else. Well, great. Then figure out how to do it both ways and innovate it. Simple. Oh no, that would take too much money because lawyer costs are so cheap. All right. Now for a little bit lighter news and interesting news as well. Google has made a gigapixel art camera. Yes, this is not for you to take your selfies and have super high resolution so people can see your blemishes or your perfect skin or your side posingness. No, this is actually largely for art and taking pictures of art and allowing uh, users to really, you know, zoom in and find just, just a look at the textures and everything like that. So the Google's uh, Cultural Institute has given several of these cameras to museums for free, mind you, and said, hey, take pictures of it. Now it does kind of like line by line or inch by inch. It'll take pictures of it. Uh, so it, takes, it will take a while, but you can zoom in super close, especially for impressionist paints where you, it's layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. You can find those little oddities, those little things about it and really look into it and really study it. I kind of like this, especially uh, if you're trying to look for those hidden signatures or whatever else painters have done in the past. This is an awesome thing. I like the Google's like, here you go, museums. Here's our best cameras. Now take pictures of these so we can upload them as well. I kind of like this. Kudos to that. That's awesome. That's the way tech should be. Okay, okay I'm just happy about that because it's really cool. All right, uh, Google image search. Yes, the image search part is now gonna include shopping ads. So yay, we can shop more. The reason why they're doing this is because Am people just go to Amazon to find things now because there's an app for it. And if I'm gonna shop, I want to shop on Amazon to find it really quickly. And through Google, I had to go search it, go to the site. And so it was a more long roundabout way. And so that's why a lot of studies have been like, if people are looking to shop or buy things, they would either they would even go to Pinterest now, either that Etsy or uh, Amazon just to buy the stuff directly through there. Because if I wanted to see what it was, how much it cost, if I could afford it, I would just do that. Go to Amazon, boom, done. With Google, it was search this. All right, go here. All right, boom, done. So it was a kind of extra step. So people would do it that way. So what Google's trying to do is trying to bring them back into that. So they'll actually shop it. Now I would say that Google does have its, its little e-commerce site. It's not as popular as Amazon because Amazon was built to do that and Google really wasn't built to do that. So this is how they're trying to get back into it. This is, all these announcements are uh, a precursor to Google IO, uh, which is their uh, developer conference that's held every May. Uh, it's really expensive, I would love to go, but unfortunately I'll just reporting from it from not the conference because I can't afford to go yet. Love to go though, it'd be fun. All right, and Twitter news, there's two things that Twitter's gonna do. One, they may be removing uh, photos and links from its 140 character uh, limit. Now, I like this idea than the longer tweets. I thought the longer tweet idea was just a bad idea because it didn't, because the whole concept of Twitter was to be short communication as quickly as it comes out. So you writing a heartfelt 10,000 word message is gonna get lost in the shuffle. And so I thought it was just not the best idea to actually do it that way. I thought removing uh, at symbols, I think at symbols, so if you're saying, hey, this person follow this person, I think those should be removed as well, but maybe it's a process for them. Uh, but this, yes, I do agree with. I do agree with removing photos and I would say even videos and GIFs and links from the limits so you can write more and it's not so, uh, what can I eliminate? What words can I eliminate? How can I rewrite this? Cause that's how I've had to do it a couple of times. We're like, ah, I got it. Oh, I'm three characters short. Dang it. Ah. 
Uh, instead, now it is, well, you're not three characters short because they got rid of those two things. Now, like I said, I like them to expand it to video, gifts, and when you add somebody because that would just make it a whole lot better, a whole lot better. Also, uh, Twitter is testing out uh, just Periscope live buttons inside its app so you no longer have to go to Periscope to actually broadcast. You can do it straight through Twitter. Now, this is only being tested out on Android, probably because there's a lot easier ways of doing it through Android, especially with testing things out. What you'll see is when you select media, there will actually be a fourth button. So there will be the usual camera, uh, video camera, and then there's a live one, and then there's the picture camera as well. Uh, so they're testing this out, seeing what it will actually do. Uh, it would be great to see that and it to be a lot quicker for people to transition to live video instead of going up, I gotta go over here, over there, blah, blah, blah. Since they are both kind of owned by the same company, this is not the biggest jump. And it will also direct be a better competitor to Facebook Live since Facebook can do all in app. Might as well try to do it that way. Not saying that you sh they shouldn't be uh, updating and making Periscope a lot better. This just helps it out as well. What I like to see Periscope to eventually do is to do kind of like business pages as well because nowadays you just got to do that, but they're still building it. They're still building the platform, putting a whole new features in there. I would probably foresee seeing, uh, foresee seeing, boo. I'd probably uh, say that Instagram business pages are going to come out first then uh periscope will ever actually do that but like i said it's a start into a start too and i do like the testing this they should really just implement that into it probably a better way of doing it however it might actually uh, take away from per uh, periscope's uh actual app too so we will see what it, if it will actually you know see the light of day because they're just testing it right now all right, AT&T has finally decided, well, maybe we should upgrade our infrastructure because, well, we haven't really done that very well. Only because Google Fiber arrived in Silicon Valley, so AT&T is like, ah, oh, crap. Now we have to have faster service. I really don't want to do this because then it's just more work and then, and then customers are going to be happy because it's faster speeds. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's kind of how I see it because a lot of these older internet companies have been awful about updating their network. Now it's funny because Verizon just offloaded their Fios uh, network to Frontier because they probably thought they were making any money off it. Probably didn't want to upgrade their systems and they just probably just didn't want to deal with it uh, since their moneymaker is their mobile service. But AT&T is still keeping it because of cable and all that fun stuff. So it should be interesting to see what actually happens. I'm glad they're finally doubling, doubling it down with gigapower and offering gigabits per second instead of megabytes per second which has been stuck in for too long now we are still 12th in the world for internet speeds and it's a, it's a shame it's a crime since we kind of helped birth the internet i'm not saying we did it ourselves but we helped birth it we shouldn't have god awful internet speeds but we do because of these people because they didn't really have to innovate and now when someone else is coming in and giving better internet service they're like oh, dang it now we have to do it so that's that's really how it's all about that's why i like competition because without this we would still have the same service for god knows how long until it's finally been like well it's crumbling beneath us we might as well update it now i know we could have done it later, a lot sooner but meh. all right the faa is testing out drone detection detection system now the reason why they're testing this out is because of a lot of too close uh, near misses with drones from airplanes and the potential harm it could do with it uh now i agree with this i think the government should try to protect especially the airspace around uh commercial airliners because they could could cause a lot of damage and it's not really a good thing and plus drone pilots 
pilots are dumb sometimes. Hey, let's put a drone near a fire and, you know, not let the planes, you know, take out the fire because you're in the way, dummy. I get mad at some people because they don't really understand responsibility and it's usually drone pilots nowadays because they really, really don't understand responsibility at all, ever, for a while. Anyways, they're just testing it out, trying to find a way of detecting it. Uh, this is more of detecting radio signals to try to pinpoint where exactly where it's, where the drone is coming from. What I would like to see is almost a way of having a system where the drone can't come into a certain airspace because it's blocking the signal from actually doing that. So basically we'll just cut it off uh, because of the potential harm it can do. I'm fine with that, uh, but that's the thing, that's the nature of it. I'm fine with some things that the government does, especially when it's protecting its people or people in general. So from really irresponsible, dumb drone pilots that think it's cool to see a jet up close and you know, have a near miss and almost kill people, that I'm in favor of and that the government should do. I'll find them and prosecute them for endangering people. That's fine. That's completely in its realm of doing it. Other things, not so much. All right, T-Mobile is extending its binge on to NBC and uh, Spotify plus more. Binge on has been a very successful promotion for T-Mobile. It has added so many more people than the other characters. Characters? Well, they are characters. Carriers. Carriers are characters. Ha 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 ha. But has added more incentives and more customers because of this. And the music freedom is uh, you can listen to music for free from Google Play Music, Spotify, Radio Disney, Tidal, and more, which is always a great thing. Now for the video is YouTube, NBC, Univision, Noggin, well, concerts, obviously more uh, than the, you know, YouTube thing helped it a lot adding YouTube to the binge on helped it quite a bit now some detractors are like uh this probably isn't the great only because of how they throttled the data back uh the EFF Electronic Frontier Foundation has not really been for this and I understand why they're not for this because Throttling back is not the greatest thing in the world. However, with the increase of, hey, whatever you guys want to watch, go ahead and watch it, could increase uh, bandwidth usage, which makes a lot slower service, which in a way will cripple the communication. So I kind of understand T-Mobile's way of doing it. So it should be interesting to see what actually happens with this. Uh, I am still, like I said, always in favor of it. Always like what they're doing. I think T-Mobile is one of the better carriers out there. Well, we don't, we don't, we only have really four anyways, but they're one of the better ones out there. I think Verizon is the worst. They have the worst fees, the worst overage charges. They really do price gouge you, and that's why I just don't like them. ATT's up there as well. Sprint's getting better, but they still gotta figure themselves out. They usually last. Timo's getting better. All right, there are some few programs, extensions that you should try out this week. You know, it's called Really Long Tweets, and it will allow you to, you know, disguise your tweets in, in links so you can make even longer, even longer <laughs> messages. I'm not in favor of it, and I've never been in favor of really long tweets, but if you're really wanting to figure it out and have fun with it, it's called really long tweets. It should be interesting because you're basically hacking the 140 character limit and doing as many as you want with links. Now, Dub Smash has been around for a little while. It's on uh, iOS and Android, and it's a way for you to dub yourself with uh, with clips. Uh, now, finally, it's been updated, finally, because I couldn't actually use the previous version because I was on the latest Android and their app wasn't well update with it. But this is a way to have a little fun to, you know, dub yourself with clips and, you know, have, have fun with it. Act. See if you're an actor. If you could actually, you know, do some acting. It's my own acting voice because you can't see my hand movements in a podcast unless I did a video podcast, which is hopefully coming soon in the near future if I can figure out a great way, a nice way of doing it. Anyways, yes, if you want to, you know, have a joy of sending funny messages 
messages, video messages, dub smash, dub smash is for you. And I'll put these in the show notes so you guys can check them out. All right, OpenFolio 2.0 is allow you to invest with your friends in your portfolio and sync it with that. It also connects with Robinhood to, you know, to trade confidently because Robinhood is actually a really great platform. It also allows you to share, discuss different types of companies, buying stocks, seeing if it's a viable way of investing in them or sell like crazy fire sale. Uh, so I think it's a great thing to do if you're trying to get into investing and you kind of want to, you know, not be alone in this. This is a great app for you. Just hands down. If you're on iOS, if you don't have iOS, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait. It usually happens. All right. Are you trying to find the next movie that you really want to see? Well, Real Good is kind of the app for you. It allows you to find it on different types of platforms from Netflix, iTunes, Amazon, and YouTube. Uh, you can search what your friends are doing, discover different types of programs that may have never heard of before. It just looks great. Get your own little profile, follow what you want. You can browse all the streaming services you want, which is another awesome thing to do. It's called Real Good 2.0, and it just, it looks like a great thing to do. I mean, find thing, find different types of programs that you may have never actually wanted to watch or known you could have watched all there. Now it's for iOS only. So once again, Android's coming soon as always, but it's for iOS only, so iOS people enjoy. All right, do you want to put some background music into your voice chats? Be like, one moment please, do or something like that or talking and you can you know put some little music put some little mood music maybe you're just in a really good mood and you want to put some happy music in behind while you do some you know voice chats well mood chat is for you so you can do that you can change your different moods put different music to the mood that you want now it's for ios only and it's a little way of you know having fun with voice chats check it out it's called mood chat now the biggest news and again ahead of guio is spaces this is a new app web for google Google. It allows you to create spaces and chat people through those different types of spaces. You can do student groups, you can do tech. I'm on there, so if you want to do like a tech group and we talk about tech, social media, marketing, I'll put those on there all on there as well. But if you really want to find a group chat that allows you to do this type different types of things, this is for you. It's really great. It's super streamlined. Plus, you don't have to get out of the app to talk to these different groups. It's all in the app. So check it out. It's called Spaces. All right, Acorns, which is one of my other favorite uh, investing uh, apps is a new feature called found money and allows brands to invest in you so what actually happens is that you spend a certain amount of money for brands that they have put on their app and you will get a certain amount of money back uh it's actually a really cool interesting idea for it acorns is really great if you don't really want the risk of investing yourself they will do it for you so i would just check out acorns anyways especially if you're trying to get into investment and you're kind of like oh, i don't really know what i'm doing this is a really one good one for you it's on and Android and iOS and the beta is open to both platforms too. I checked out a little bit. It's great. All you gotta do is link an account to it so you can actually do the investment or the brands can invest back in with you. But it's great, especially if you, just, if you shop on Jack Threads, Dollar Shaver Clubs, 1-800-Flowers, Jet.com and on a Hotel Tonight. This is for you and you can get some money back. Speaking of Jack Threads, they have a new tryout beta. That's right. You can try out different clothing and see if you like it. If you don't like it, you can get rid of it and send it back uh it's kind of an interesting thing of trying out buy later type of way of doing business but it's all a way of trying to get more guys to shop jack threads i like jack threads i think it's a great spot for guys to find clothing they want without going shopping and just doing it all from your app not having to go to a store because you know most of us don't like to go to a store and shop it's not the funnest thing in the world unless it's tech then i'll spend all day there going ooh, thank it i'll get it i'll get that and this maybe coffee too coffee and tech is 
original coffee. It'd be like Candyland for me. It'd be like, oh my gosh, coffee attack. I could shop here forever. Uh, but yeah, if you want to try it out, try it out. All right, and that is Digital Coffee for you for today. Tune in tomorrow for Marketing Blend, where I go over all the news in social media marketing and give you help on things to do for your own brand because it's just important to do. All right, guys, uh, follow Digital Coffee on Twitter at DigitalCO77E, Facebook Digital Coffee, Google Plus Digital Coffee Podcast, YouTube Digital Coffee Podcast, Instagram Digital Coffee Podcast, MyDigital.Coffee. And if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me at Patreon. All right, guys, have a good day and see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.